Thanks for listening to our Faith Church podcast. Let's listen to today's message. What I want to share with you this morning, what I felt the Holy Spirit has dropped into my heart. It's called when Jesus shows up. When Jesus shows up. And God has just been stirring this in my heart for a while. And so I wanted to share this with you. You know, as I mentioned earlier, the world, if we take a look at it right now, the world around us is just crazy. It's just It's just crazy the things that we see nowadays. People boldly professing things that are false, claiming them as true. And people going against the truth, speaking as if it was false. The world around us is falling apart. But I want to share some good news with you today about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus shows up into any situation, just know that he has a word, an encouraging word for every single one of us. I want to share with a couple of stories that are found in the book of John chapter 20. And if you would, why don't you open up your Bibles and you can join me with that with me as we read that. Thank you, worship team, band. Give it up for our, our, our worship department here. We have phenomenal musicians, singers, and they always strive to bring the presence of God in. And it's an honor to just be able to minister with such phenomenal people. All right, John chapter 20. And just to give you an idea of where we're at in this story This is right after Jesus Christ was crucified. This is after they they beat him, they put him on the cross, they took him down, and they put him in this rented tomb and sealed it with this big rock. And this story picks up from here, and it starts off saying this. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying as she wept. She stopped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the feet of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus. But she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken away, uh, taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go get him. Mary, Jesus said. And she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which means in Hebrew, teacher. And then Jesus said, don't cling to me, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. And Mary found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord, and she gave them his message. I want to share this story of how Mary went to go look for Jesus. 
Now this is, like I said, after Jesus was crucified and he was put in this grave and he, she went to go check on the body. And when she went to the grave, the grave was empty. Now in her mind, she thought that somebody came in and took the body and wanted to destroy it. So she was going to get the body and preserve it. Now, if you remember earlier in scripture, many times Jesus, before this actually happened, he let them know that he was going to be killed. But he also let them know that he was going to come back to life. Now, us as human beings, we have some finite minds. So they could grasp the concept of him being killed. They may not have agreed with it. They may not have liked it. But they could understand that. But the thing that they could not understand was that Jesus said he was going to rise and live again. Even after they, he raised Lazarus from the dead, they saw the miracle, but for some reason, it did not click for them. And Jesus did what he said he was going to do. And so Mary is going in looking for the body. She encounters two angels sitting down, and they're, they're like, who are you looking for? They're looking for, she's looking for Jesus. And the crazy thing is, she turns out from the room, out of the tomb. I don't even think she realized it was angels, but she just turned around and she saw someone. You ever saw someone, but you didn't? You, you weren't really paying attention to them? And she saw this man, this figure that was standing there, but she didn't recognize him. She, the Bible said that she thought that Jesus was a gardener. Isn't that crazy? That someone that had spent time with Jesus, maybe even for years following him, seeing him do miracles, signs, and wonders, day after day after day, could not recognize the, our risen Savior that was standing right in front of her. It wasn't until Jesus called out her name, Mary, that something clicked in her and she realized that it was her good teacher. See, when Jesus shows up, when Jesus shows up, he will meet every need that you ever have. Jesus showed up to show her that he is the miracle worker. He is a miracle. Mary was looking for a body, but she found the resurrected, glorified body of Jesus Christ. She didn't find just a body. The body wasn't dead lying there. It was alive, breathing, having power. A new body, so much so that she did not recognize this body when she saw it again. Can I point something out to you? I believe that God is going to do some new things in the body of Christ and in our lives. And I believe that God is going to do things in such a way that we may not even realize that it's him. Somebody better get this today. Church will not be church as normal. People think that God only moves in one way. Maybe how he moved 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 3 years ago, 15, 50 years ago. God is getting ready to do something new. And even though you might have been in services all your life, 
even though you think you know what God is going to do and how he's going to do it because you've seen it before, God can show up and you won't even realize that it's him. We have to be aware and ready for Jesus to show up because when Jesus shows up, he is going to bring peace. He is going to bring joy. He's going to bring happiness. He's going to restore people's faith. The moment she saw her risen Savior, everything that that man had spoke about before he was crucified suddenly gave life to her. Because they, she realized that Jesus is not a liar. Every other religion can call someone a God, but there has never been one that has died and rose again with all power. Every one of them that have died, they have claimed to be deity. They, they've made them up, can't answer, can't move in the way that our God moves. And the, the single fact that he is alive, he is risen from the dead, he is Lord, that is enough for us as Christians to rely on the moving of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, when Jesus shows up, he is showing that he is a faithful God. He gave Mary this message. He said, I want you to go tell my brothers that you see me, that I'm alive. I want you to go tell the story that you've seen the Lord. Give them this message. Because if you don't understand, in this time, the Christians were all scattered because they had just crucified and killed Jesus and everything that they were believing for seemed to be dead in that grave. But the moment that Mary encountered the living God, everything came back to life. There was starting to be a fire. There was starting to be a rumbling, oh, this is real. He is real. And you go on and read in the, in the same passage of Scripture Verse 19, Jesus gets ready to do something crazy. In verse 19, starting there, it says, That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And then suddenly, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said, as he spoke. And then he showed them the wounds in his hand and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then I love this. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. When Jesus showed up for Mary, he gave her, he called her by name and he gave her an assignment. Go tell the disciples I'm alive. They gathered together. The Bible says they were in this room. They were locked up because they were afraid of what the Jewish leaders were getting ready to do because they were killing Christians, people that were following the way. They were going after them. They were locked up in this room, meeting. I don't know if they were praying. I don't know if they were, they were discussing what to do next, how to go ahead and deal with the situations at hand. But somewhere in the midst of that meeting, Jesus showed up. He didn't need anybody to open up the doors. Nobody saw him coming. He just showed up. Suddenly, that's right. 
He just came up. I want to encourage you. You might feel like you're locked up in your room, locked up in your life. Things feel like you've been tied down. I want to let you know that God can suddenly just show up. Even in the midst where everything else looks crazy, your job is talking crazy, they want to do this and do that, Jesus can show up and he can give you a word that will strengthen you. This is real stuff. These, these people, they were, they were afraid for their life. They were killing Christians. They were trying to figure out what's going on. Did somebody take the body? Did they get rid of it? Is it some kind of joke? Is this real? Did Mary, what, did what? Mary said, was that true or did she make it up? But Jesus, he showed up. He's like, matter of fact, let me show you my hands where the wounds, where they hit that hammer and the nail in my hand. Let me show you my side where they pierced me. I am living. I am alive. I have power. I want you to know today that we serve a living, live God that has all power in his hands. And it does not matter what your circumstance looks like. He can show up when everybody's trying to lock him out. Our God will show up when everyone's trying to lock him out. I don't care if you got a ring on your door. He'll walk right through it. He can meet you in the middle of your darkest time. And he showed up. You know what I love about this scripture is that that after he shows them their hands, shows them who who he is, and they 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 saw that this was really Jesus, the one they just watched be crucified, is now standing before them. The Bible says that they were filled with great joy. Church, when Jesus shows up, you will be filled with great joy. Regardless of what the world says, regardless what's going on around you, the joy of the Lord can still be your portion. Hallelujah. Come on, God wants us to have joy. Everything that he spoke suddenly came to life in their lives when they realized the Savior has risen again with all power and it brought them joy. They still had some fear. You want to know how I knew that? Because Jesus said, peace be with you. He said, I I need you to have peace. I know it's crazy out there, but I am the risen Savior. And as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then I saw something in the Scripture that I didn't realize before. I I never really clicked. Sometimes you can read Scripture and you can just skip over something. Don't even realize the gold that is right in that sentence. But what I loved about it is that... Then he breathed on them. While he was talking to them, he just, just blew over their lives. And he, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Church, we need to receive the Holy Spirit like we've never received them before. I need God to breathe on me every chance I get. See, the the thing about this, this was before the day of Pentecost where the church was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit through the evidence of speaking in tongues. Before this, God functioned with the power of the Holy Spirit resting on people. And Jesus saw that they were weak, that they were in need, they were afraid, they needed direction, they needed confidence. So he said, I'm going to show up and I'm going (laughs) to all over them. 
till they're filled with my Holy Spirit. I'm going to give them the strength that they need just from the mouth of God himself. God is no respecter of persons. What he's done for one person, he can do for another. And I believe that God wants to blow a breath of fresh air in so many lives right here. You might feel like these disciples. You feel like you're in fear. You feel like you're in depression. You feel like you're in anxiety. The joy has been taken away. But I'm here to tell you today that Jesus has shown up. You might be at home watching right now. Jesus can meet you in your room. It doesn't matter what room you're in. He can just show up. Boom. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. We need to be leaning on the Holy Spirit, church. This is not the time to neglect it. This is not the time to, to dialogue and think whether the Holy Spirit moves or he doesn't. He is alive. He was giving them a taste of what they were going to get ready to experience on a regular when the Holy Spirit was going to, to just dwell in them and overflow in their lives. Church, we need the Holy Spirit in order to combat the craziness of this world. It's going to get worse before it gets better. But let me tell you something. When Jesus shows up in your life, there is a joy that no matter what's going on in the world around you, it doesn't even have to necessarily affect you. You can be the change that needs to be in that atmosphere, in that room, in those moments, if you are led by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to co continue on in this, in this, this story because it's, I'm just talking about when Jesus shows up. All right? When he shows up in verse 24 of John chapter 20, same, same chapter, says one of the 12 disciples, I'm going to talk about this disciple because if I say his name, y'all going to say something else after it. Thomas, Dowden, somebody said Dowden, I heard you. You get an A plus, A plus plus. They, a lot of people refer to him as Doubting Tom. And um, let's, let's look at his story. He says one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. You know what? Where was Tom when they were, when they were all together? I'm going to ask God when I get to heaven. <laughs> and so they told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it until I see the nail wounds in his hand and put my finger into them and then place my hand onto the wound in his side. And that's that. Then the Bible goes on and says, eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time, Thomas was with them. Somebody must have drug him to church. <laughs> and the doors were locked. Uh, it's interesting. The details in the Bible, they're just not there for happenstance. They're there for a reason. He's saying the doors were locked because they were still afraid. You don't lock a door unless you're afraid something's going to happen. Woo. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand onto the wound in my side. And he said, don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Believe. 
My Lord, my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. See, Thomas, it's like some, some people in here today, you might be very pragmatic. You're very critical. You're very practical. It has to make sense. And don't worry because God designed you like that. You know, sometimes people think it was bad. God designed us certain ways. So God, Jesus knew exactly what Thomas needed. And for Thomas, he needed a true encounter with Jesus to build his faith. It wasn't that, I don't think G, Thomas didn't love Jesus. I don't think Thomas didn't, didn't believe what, what Jesus was saying. I think he just had a moment because guess what? We all have moments where he was like, I, I, heard, I hear you, but I, I can't believe this until I can see something for myself. And some of you are here, you might have that same mindset. I believe some of the stuff with Jesus saying, but I can't really grasp this until I can, I can until he heals me or until he, he blesses me or until he does this. And you know what? In God's infinite grace and mercy, he decided to entertain his request. You know, the other thing I want to point out, is that God hears you. And he may not respond exactly at the moment you make, some, make a request or make a statement. The Bible said eight days later. I wonder why it took eight days. Maybe it took eight days to get Thomas to come back into church. And he was just waiting for him to be in front of everybody else and say, mm -hmm, I'm just going to pop up in there. Boop! And he just shows up. And Jesus does a miracle in that place and just, just shows up again in a locked room. You can't hide from Jesus. You lock all the doors you want to. He'll walk right in there. And so Thomas needed that encounter because he needed Jesus to build his faith. After Jesus took him and let him touch his hand where the nails went through. And when he had him touch his side, he told Thomas this, don't be faithless any longer. Basically, let this be the last time you need a confirmation to know that I'm real and what I said is true. He said, only believe. Church, only believe. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. And he says, blessed are those who believe without seeing me. We know that our Savior is risen because he's done so many things in our lives. He's done so many great things in our lives. He is a living God. And when Jesus shows up, he brings faith. This last story I want to bring up about Jesus showing up is in Acts chapter 9. And to, to give you the story behind this, it's a story about Saul. Now Saul, he was just bad. Like all the Christians were afraid of Saul. You want to know why? 
he had just a vendetta against Christians. He, he wanted to make sure they were locked up, and if he had his way, he would have them dead. Like if there, if there was anybody to be afraid of during that time, it was Saul. Because if Saul knew that you were of the way, if you were a Christian, he was going to lock you up. Just before, in the chapter before, he was there when they stoned Stephen. And they dropped the, his garment right in front of him. And he was cheering them on all the way. And I want to share this story of, of, of Saul. And it says this in in Acts chapter 9, verse 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, and he desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, he's talking about Christians, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly, there shined round about him a light from heaven. Boom! And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord... What will you have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what you must do. I like to think of Saul like a bully. He's a bully. And you ever watch like in a show somewhere where, where you see somebody like talking really big and bad and strong? Like, oh, yeah, I wish Jesus would come here. I wish those disciples would try to have a church service in, uh, in here. I wish they would come over here. I, I, let me show them my papers. I'm getting these papers right now. I'm going to lock every single one of them. If a Christian comes by me, boom, Jesus shows up. Where's all that talking now, Saul? Huh? Where are your papers at now, Saul? See, when Jesus shows up, everything changes. Everything changes when Jesus shows up. And Saul had his own plan, his own agenda. He had his own trajectory for his life. He was going to make sure these Christians weren't going to rise. He was going to go after them. But God stopped him dead in his tracks. You know, some of us might have our own plans and our own ambitions and our own thoughts. We think we're going one way. And God has said, mm -mm -mm. I got something for you. I might let you go on a little bit longer, but he can, when Jesus show up, he can just redirect you and recorrect you. I mean, this man was murdering Christians, denouncing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, making it seem like this is something that's not worth it. And Jesus said, let me show you something in his infinite grace and his mercy. I think that Saul's tune changed as soon as that light hit him. You want to know why? I believe that when he finally had an, an encounter with the living God, he felt the power of God like he's never felt before, and he knew he was at the mercy of God. He knew that God could take my life at any moment now, so I better be careful of what I say. 
He wasn't talking all that junk anymore, was he? He, he, was, he was quiet. He was, uh, is it the Lord? What's going on here? When he showed up, he realized that there is a God. And he was standing right before him. And I believe that in that moment, that divine moment, Saul began to think of all the times he talked bad about Jesus and the disciples and how he cheered on them stoning Stephen. And he started thinking about the letters that he was going to get every man and woman that he can get locked up. He started to think about all this thing because he, wasn't, he didn't think that Jesus was truly God. He didn't think that this was really something of, 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 to take heart to. But when Jesus shows up, he will flip your world upside down. And what I loved about this scripture, what I loved about this scripture is that when Jesus addresses him, he says, why are you persecuting me? You know what Saul's response is? It wasn't because I, I don't like you. I don't want you nothing to do with you. His response is, God, what will you have me do? See, when Jesus shows up into our lives, when we have an encounter with God, there is something that happens in your life where you're going to say, God, what will you have me do? What do you want to change around in my life? What do you want changed, God? I realize the error of my ways. Saul realized I was killing Christians, but I met the man Jesus Christ, and he's given mercy and grace to me. What will you have me to do? He wanted to live for God. He said, whatever you want me to do, God, my plans are done. I thought I had the plans. I thought I knew what was going on, but clearly I'm wrong. Clearly, I can't see right, and he couldn't see. The Bible said he was blind for three days. The Bible said, in fact, that he, he didn't eat or drink for three days because he was seeking the Lord. Some of us think we got sight. And when you have an encounter with God, everything you thought was lined up for you can be, you just be like, oh, God, I don't see nothing. What's going on? But when you spend time seeking God, God will open up your eyes. You know, the Bible said that he spoke to Ananias and had Ananias come and lay hands on him. Ananias didn't even want to come lay hands on him. That's how bad of a reputation Saul had. Ananias was like, you know who you're talking about, God? You want me to go see who? Can we do this on FaceTime? What's his number? I can call him up right now. You want me to go where? Did you see what they did to Stephen? He's wearing his jacket right now. I saw him wearing it last week. But Ananias went over there and laid hands on him, and the Bible said it was like scales were taken off his eyes. And everything that he thought he could see clearly, now God actually gave him clarity and said, you thought you were doing right by how you were living before. I'm going to show you a new life. Woo! Hallelujah! I'm going to give you new vision. You're going to look at the world differently now. When Jesus shows up, there has to be a change. There has to be something that is different. 
I'm tired of seeing churches and they have little prayers and they're saying, okay, you can pray this little prayer and then you're gone. No, when you have an encounter with Jesus, you have to say, God, what do you want me to do? If you go home and still doing the same thing that you've been doing over and over again and have no remorse, have no just sensitivity for what God wants to do, are you really saved? That's a conversion right here. This man was murdering Christians and now God has turned his heart so soft that not even the Christians didn't even want them. Him. Just like, mm, he might be saved, but let's give him some time. Put him somewhere else. We, you know, the Bible talks about that. They said, they said, go send him somewhere else. And you know what? The Bible said that the church grew dramatically after they sent him somewhere else. But Paul, uh, Saul, who turned into Paul, changed his name to Paul, he had such a dramatic conversion to God. It don't matter. It didn't matter that people didn't want him. He wanted God. And eventually the doors began to open up. When you are converted, when you have given your life to Jesus, you have to say, what will you want? What do you want me to do? I can't live like this no more. I can't be cussing like this. I don't want to smoke weed no more. I don't want to drink. I can't be sleeping with stone and so. I'm turning this off. I'm giving this up. What will you have me to do, Jesus? That is conversion. That is a true life repentant. Now, let me tell you, you might pray and everything may not be perfect. You still struggle with certain things. But if you don't have something in your heart that's leading you to say, I have to change. Something has to give. I can't, I can't keep living like this. God is so faithful. He'll do that over different parts of your life. You might be saved for 20 years. God can still show up and say, mm-hmm. You know that show you've been watching? Turn it off. You know, so-and-so you've been talking to, they're not good for you. Leave them alone. I don't care if you've been saved for a minute, saved for 50 years. God can still speak to you. God can still speak to me. And God can still give us direction. But the key of it is that if you decide to follow Jesus Christ, there has to be something that changes. Something has to give. You, and you'll know. I'm sure there's people here today. You can think about how you were before Jesus Christ came into your life. And you remember that time or those moments where you had an encounter with God weeping at the feet of Jesus. And God starts to peel things off of your life. He'll start to take things off of your life. You want to know if somebody has a Holy Spirit in their life? There, You start to see the things change. Oh, I can't say that no more. I can't go over here no more. I can't. I just, this don't feel right. It just don't feel right in my spirit. So I'm gonna, I'm, something changes when you choose follow Jesus Christ now if you said a prayer and you ain't did nothing you just said you just said some words I'm sorry you just said some words you weren't you didn't you didn't confess it with your mouth you didn't believe in your heart Saul believed that Jesus was God in that moment it didn't say that he had a long drawn-out prayer he just realized this is, there's a God. <laughs> this is God. What do you want me to do? I've been serving the wrong God all this time. Who are you? Woo! Come on, somebody. Jesus. When Jesus shows up, he will tell you what to do with your life. 
He will show you what to do with your life. And we might have plans of our own, but God has better plans than you could ever imagine. Plans to prosper you. Plans for you to do well. Plans for you to make a difference in the world around you. To expand the kingdom of God. If God didn't want you, you could have been dead and gone already. I'm quite positive God could have, you know, if I was God and I saw Saul walking around trying to get my Christians, I'd be like, take him out. <laughs> Michael, Gabriel, one of y'all, take him out. Just, just remove him from this. But from his infinite grace and mercy, he saw Saul like, <laughs> this is going to be funny. Um, shine some light down there on him real quick. <laughs> Say, why are, you, why are you kicking the rocks, bro? Just go over here. I'm going to tell you what to do. And I'm going to make some, I'm going to do something mighty out of you. You thought you were doing something mighty. I'm going to show you mighty. Woo! Some of y'all right now think y'all doing something good. Oh, God's going to show you something good. <laughs> you think you, God's got some plans for you. You don't even know that how, how it's going to come to pass, but it's going to come to pass. As long as you have breath in your lungs, I believe that God has a plan for your life. As long as you have breath in your lungs, I believe that God has a plan for your life. I'm sharing these stories because these were somewhat right after Jesus was crucified. But let me tell you, church, Jesus is still showing up today. It's not just stories, not just something that remember, oh, that was cute, that was funny. God is a living God, and Jesus will show up in your life right now today. Some of you just came to church because somebody brought you here, but Jesus is saying, I'm showing, I'm showing up for you. You may have locked your doors and say, I'm not even going to be paying attention to what they're saying. It doesn't matter. COVID this, COVID that. My bill's this, my bill's that. Jesus say, hello, I'm here. You know what? I, 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 I want to go to Revelation chapter 3. Because Jesus in those times, he had to make a statement. He just showed up in those rooms where they were locked up. He just wanted them to show them that I can do anything. But you know what? In God's grace, in God's kindness, God is a gentleman. Jesus is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. So listen to what this says. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 says, Look, I stand at the door. And knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone's with, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Church. Jesus is at the door knocking. Will you answer him? Jesus is at the door speaking, saying, I want to do something new in your life today. Will you answer the door? Will you let him come in and will you let him prepare a meal for you? The church is so hungry eating doctrines from different places, just trying to fulfill their own desires, not really sticking to the word of God. 
And Jesus wants to provide for us a meal to dine with him so that he can speak to us and show us what his plan is for our lives. Church, it is time for us to seek God. Church, it is time to stop playing and let the door open up so Jesus can walk in, so he can show up. Some of us are like those Christians. We're in our rooms, we're in our lives, and we got the Lord's like. Now, Jesus can surely, he already did it twice in there. He could surely just walk into your life and just turn everything around. But no, no, no. He's at the door knocking. Hello? Uh, I got something for you. Will you let me in? All of a sudden, you hear people. Open that door. Let Jesus in. Jesus is here today. And he wants to meet you. He wants to be with you. He wants to heal you. He wants to give you purpose. Jesus wants to give you joy. Jesus wants to build your faith. Jesus wants to give you purpose and direction for your life. And he does all that because he loves us. I don't know where you're at today in your life. I don't know. There might be some people listening or watching right now. And you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today, Jesus stands at the door of your heart knocking, asking if you will let him in. You might be in here, you might have been saved for many years. Yet God is still knocking. You know, sometimes you can get so filled and busy with life, you shut you start shutting doors. And Jesus, like, well, if you let me in, I'll give you something. I'll give you something of substance, a meal. I will I will, I will sup with you. You can sit with me. We can commune together. Jesus is a living, active. Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.